Welcome to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. I'm Dr. Heidi. I am a toxic relationship awareness and healing specialist. My mission is to provide hope, healing, and freedom to those whose lives have been affected by toxic relationships, emotional abuse, and narcissistic behaviors. Though I am not a licensed mental health professional, I have been there. I have done the work and I have healed. I am someone who has spent several years walking a similar path to yours. My role is to provide you the education to understand your situation for what it really is, to help you regain your own power and ultimately step into your new life of freedom. You can find me and all my services at coachingwithdrheidi.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. This is Dr. Heidi. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. Today, I want to talk about an article that someone sent me this morning, and it's perfect for what I wanted to start this year out on. It is about um, a well-known actress. Her name is Anna Kendrick, and I know her from the Twilight series. Now, she's been in a lot of movies, and she's definitely made a name for herself in a lot of other things, but she was quoted in an article by Caitlin Riley. Um, it was actually on Yahoo Life yesterday, 1229. I'm not reading the whole article, but the information that I am going to talk about came from that article. Anna Kendrick says her new movie, Alice Darling, made her reflect on her past experience with emotional abuse in a romantic relationship. The Pitch Perfect alum spoke to the Los Angeles Times this week about her upcoming film, in which she plays Alice a woman in a destructive relationship with a psychologically abusive Simon. The film made Kendrick think about her own experiences with an unnamed ex. Kendrick said her partner did not harm her physically, which made her question her perspective on the relationship. This was a big part of my problem, Kendrick explained. He never hit me and I'm not really afraid that he's ever gonna hit me. So how do I discern between normal conflict and abuse? Why is my body in so much fear all the time? It felt really distinct to me that I had frankly seen a lot of movies about abuse or toxic relationships, and it didn't really look like that's what was happening to me, she said. It kind of helped me normalize or minimize what was happening to me because I thought, well, if I was in an abusive relationship, it would look more like that. She shared at that time that she actually trusted the person that she was in the relationship with more than she trusted her own self. She quoted that when that person is telling you that you have a distorted sense of reality and that you are impossible and that all of the stuff that you think is going on is not going on, your life gets really confusing really quickly. So I love that this article is bringing more awareness to emotional abuse because I remember when I was in it, I had the same questions she had. Well, it might be bad on Tuesday, but it's not bad on Wednesday. And he hasn't really hit me. I mean, he might have thrown things at me, but I probably deserved that because I shouldn't have said this, that, or the next thing. So, so today, off of that, me reading that um, article, I want to talk a little bit more in depth about emotional abuse and what exactly it is. What does it look like? What does it feel like? And how do we really know for sure? 
right? This is a question that many of my clients as well as myself have felt at, at one point in our lives, if not more. When I was experiencing this very thing, just like Anna Kedrick, I did not understand it. And I didn't find anybody around me that could explain it to me either. Emotional abuse is so much more than names, calling names and yelling. And that's, that's really what I thought when somebody said, oh, I think you're being emotionally abused. I thought, well, yeah, um, they yell a lot and they call names, but they do that every day. That's just them. And I would chalk it up to that's just them, or I shouldn't have done that to make them mad. Emotional abuse by my definition is when someone uses your emotions to get what they need for a better feeling of security in themselves and a better feeling about themselves. An emotionally abusive person is gonna say and they're gonna do things to elicit an emotional feeling from you, to get a reaction. If they can say or do something that makes you happy, happy's an emotion. If they can say or do something that makes you sad, sad's an emotion, to make you upset, to make you feel frustrated, to make you feel angry, and oftentimes used on me to make me feel guilty. If they can say or do something that makes you feel something, they are ultimately in a way in control of how you feel. Okay, happy, sad, mad, upset, guilty, frustrated, fearful, those are your emotions to own and you get to feel how you feel about certain situations. But what the emotional abuser does is they say things to perpetuate those feelings. So you begin to look to them on how you are supposed to feel because they pretty much tell you all the time. Like it should be okay to be happy. It should be okay to be sad, angry, frustrated. And you should know when you should feel guilty about something. But the emotionally abusive relationship is when someone else is behaving in a way that makes you feel those things. And by causing you to have an emotional reaction, they in turn feel power over you because all they have to do is say this and you feel this way, or they do this and you feel that way. The emotionally abusive person has a goal in a relationship, especially a longstanding one. And that is to train you to become emotionally dependent on them. Meaning you no longer look into yourself on how you should feel about things. We're constantly looking to them to know how we're supposed to feel about certain things in certain circumstances and certain events. For example, if somebody criticizes you, how do you feel? Possibly sad, hurt, ashamed. The toxic personality will purposely criticize you just to make you feel those feelings. This puts them in a position of control. It puts them in a position that they dictate the things that are closest and the deepest parts of you. The toxic person wants to steal your identity by taking over control of your feelings. Because if they can control your feelings, they can control a lot of other things about you. Think about this. What kind of day do you have when the toxic person in your life is in a good mood? You're in the kitchen, they come out of the bedroom, they're whistling, they talk to the dog, they, you know, 
put their arm around you, they pick up their coffee, they give you a kiss, they tell you to have a good day and out the door they go. I remember, I usually had a pretty good day. But on the flip side, what kind of day do you have when the toxic person in your life is in a bad mood? You can hear them grumbling before they ever come out of the bedroom. They don't say anything to you on their way through the kitchen. They grab their coffee, they leave without touching you or saying anything and they slam the door. I remember having a very anxious day. I had a pit in my stomach. I was worried, I was preoccupied. I couldn't concentrate on the things I had to get done. And I was frightened about what might happen through the rest of the day. This is how we, we become dependent on the toxic people for how we feel. We base all of our feelings off of how they are feeling or what they have said or what they have done to perpetuate those feelings. I would wait to decide how I was gonna feel during the day till I knew what type of mood he was in. Emotional abuse is very, very confusing. After all, it's not violent. It can't very often be seen from the outside eye and it can be easily pushed under the rug by us. Because if something goes wrong and we're feeling bad, maybe we're too sensitive. Maybe we overreacted. Maybe we shouldn't have said it in, those, in that tone of voice. And so we become very quick to change. Emotional abuse causes us to compromise ourselves in an attempt to fit better in that relationship. We change how we think, we change how we feel, we change what we stand for, we change what we look like, we change how we live to accommodate the toxic person's demands, to keep conflict down, to keep the peace, to make sure everybody in our world is okay today. We accept things we wouldn't accept normally. We put up with things that we wouldn't normally put up with. We bend our values, we bend our boundaries. We let people walk over top of us so that the toxic personality may just once approve and accept us. Emotional abuse also causes our primary attention to always be on the toxic person. We try to stay one step ahead of them so we know how we're supposed to be feeling. If they come home in a good mood, we'll be in a good mood. If they come in a home in a bad mood, then we're gonna do this. If, they're, if they slam the door, kids go to your room. Let's be quiet. If they come home and they're whistling, then kids come in the kitchen. Everybody in the life of a toxic person bases how they feel on how the toxic person is feeling, how the toxic person is treating them, or how the toxic person is acting. With our attention always on them, we're unable to put any attention on ourselves, on our own lives, on our goals, on our self-care, on our dreams. And what we ultimately do is we end up not only allowing the toxic person to control how we feel, we are basically living their life because none of the attention that should be going into our life is going into our life because we have to pay such close attention to be ready to know how to emotionally be safe. Emotional dependency is a very, very slow drip. And one is not going to realize it until one day you wake up and you no longer recognize the person that's looking back at you from the mirror. When another one controls, can control when you're happy, when you're frustrated, when you're sad, when you're upset, when you're feeling guilty, when you're feeling fearful, when you're angry, 
just by the things they say or do, you have experienced emotional abuse. Now, coming back from an experience with emotional abuse was the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. I struggle with it to this day and I have been out of the main toxic relationship in my life for 14 years. And I still catch myself worrying about how others think I should feel about something or worrying about a decision and how other people perceive that I should handle the decision. What are people going to think? How are they going to react? How is it going to affect them? You know, I changed my political views. I changed my religious views. I changed all of the things that I stood for as a person. I changed them so that I could fit better into that former relationship. And this training in emotional abuse is what I stuck in my fanny pack and I took with me into my new life. And I have been unpacking that fanny pack for 14 years. I had to learn how to control my own feelings. I had to learn how, ex how to accept my own feelings. I had to learn how to re-feel my own feelings without somebody telling me how I should feel. We know we love getting people's opinions. Well, what do you think I should do about this? Well, how do you think I should feel about this? Well, what do you think I should say to them if they say this? It's because we are so uncertain of how we're supposed to feel in certain situations because someone else has been controlling our feelings. And to this day, I have exercises that I use. I have to keep myself in check because when I start feeling insecure, I start looking to other people for how I should feel. I start trying to fix things. I start accommodate, I, accommodating. I start compromising. And I know that my self-security comes with me putting the things into my life that I need to feel secure to be Heidi. And I know that part of that security in myself comes from owning my own feelings, allowing myself to feel those own feelings, and not worrying what other people think about how I feel about certain things. It has been a constant uphill battle. And I can say that now I can usually sit down and talk myself through my feelings. The other thing I had to learn is how to express my feelings. I was never allowed to say how I really felt because it was insignificant or it didn't matter or I was overreacting or what was I hormonal or I was too sensitive. So I would never express how I was feeling. Well, you can't go through life without expressing how you're feeling and actually live the life you're supposed to. So over the years, I've had to learn to be vulnerable and just say how I'm feeling and not worry about what other people's reactions to that are going to be. So I love the exposure to emotional abuse that this, that this article has given because there are so many of you out there right now trying to convince yourself that this is not an abusive relationship because they don't hit me, because they don't throw things, because they don't break things, because they don't hide the money, because they don't call me names. Emotional abuse is when someone uses your emotions to get what they need. It's time for you to start owning your own emotions, owning your own feelings, and living your own life. Hey, I'm Rachel. I found Dr. Heidi's podcast when I needed it most, as I was leaving an emotionally abusive marriage. Dr. Heidi validated my experience, made me feel less alone, and helped me start the healing that I could not have done alone. Dr. Heidi is now offering an exclusive members-only podcast, where you can submit your questions, listen to others going through similar struggles, 
and hear Dr. Heidi's never-before-shared personal story. To learn more, go to www.itsnotnormalitstoxic.com. Join her members-only podcast. It's only $15 a month to get two bonus episodes every week, plus the chance to ask your questions to Dr. Heidi. Go to www.itsnotnormalitstoxic.com.